Welcome to Inspiring Healthy Workplaces, a podcast brought to you by Total Wellness. Hello, welcome to another episode of Inspiring Healthy Workplaces. My guest today is Claudia Urba, founder and CEO of Dos Chibo, a company that's working with global businesses to improve their workplace culture. How is learning connected to employee wellness, specifically around mental health? So, um... I don't envision, uh, based on my 15 years experience, mental health like a learning curricula. Let's imagine a multimedia program uh, that speaks about mental health. What we envision, what we experience in Docebo is that uh, uh, learning is becoming more strategic and mental health is a part of the learning strategy of a company because uh, Uh, training employees on new skills, giving them the possibility to evolve in their uh, career gives them the confidence that the company is taking care of them. So they are more relaxed, more confident, and less worried about the future. That makes sense. So how does your learning platform support HR and managers? We've built a set of artificial intelligence features that automate the routinary works which have a huge workload and is distracting the L&D manager that need to focus on how to better train people, how to feel them more confident. This, this is what we are doing. So using AI to deliver content to people, let the L&D focus on the strategic issues, which mental health is one of the most important. Artificial intelligence is, is obviously growing uh, in every industry. So can you be a little bit more specific on how, given a good example of how uh, artificial intelligence enhances the learning management platform for mental health? Um, Artificial intelligence in the learning industry usually is a buzzword, which uh, at the end of the day belongs to a content suggestion system for learners. Um, Content suggestion system for learners simply is an algorithm which is not using deep learning, uh, and so on and so on, that say to the user, which is the most compelling course he should attend. But what we found during our 15 years of activity and uh, dur- uh, and for based on uh, our 1,600 uh, customers' uh, statistics is that the insatisfaction don't come from the learner, mainly come from the learning administrator. That's why we have created an um, algorithm that... Uh, categorize the content that create a full transcript on the content to make it more uh, searchable, discoverable, and, um, uh, and reusable. And we suggest what is the best learning opportunity for the employee, not only to the employee, but also to his manager. So his manager can work, the manager can work with the employee to create the custom curricula based on AI suggestion. So in an employee well-being program, I think the the one take I have from this is, uh, at least one take, is that a lot of wellness programs really have to be personalized, not only to the, the, the employee population at that specific company, but down to the employee level. And that's all, obviously very difficult. Um, so you, you can have a, a great program. It works for the company overall, fits into the culture, but then every employee has unique needs. So... I, from what you're saying, I, I, Docebo would address that 
on a more individualized basis, even though the, the main program is really good, but this makes it even better. Would that be a correct assumption? Yes, I would also emphasize the concept uh, where now the company are dealing uh, with different uh, style of learning. Just to make an example, uh, now in the company there are three main generations uh, that they are living uh, together and they have a different way to learn and consume multimedia learning content, which are uh, generation uh, Uh, X, uh, millennial, generation Z. And you cannot pretend to train the people in the same way. Right. So uh, so specifically, I understand that com completely. Would you give like, how, what is the main difference if you notice, and if there is one main difference between those three gen generation? And I don't know, are, are we forgetting the baby boomers or what, are they, what generation do we consider them in? <laughs> are they too old now? Are they too old now? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I think, I think Generation X, I mean, I'm a baby boomer, so I think I'm a Generation X baby in front. Um, joke, joke apart, uh, I feel myself younger. Um, jokes apart, uh, first of all, young people are used to consume small, quick multimedia content. I call them the YouTube generation. So they are used to learn very quickly, biting five minutes of content. Um, old people, I mean, like me, uh, Generation X, uh, baby boomers or whatever, are used to sit in a room or to read long slide content because they are used uh, on these. But what's happening now is that with the smartphone in the hand, also baby boomer and Generation X are becoming more YouTube consumers. But they are slow, less, uh, you know, they, they have been trained, they did a different school. They come from a different school. They have adopted the digital technology. So the generations are obviously starting to, they're slightly different, but they're coming together. How would you, uh, in a multinational company that is across the globe, how could they use your platform to... Uh, really personalized mental health in the workplace. You know, if you have a location in Italy and a location in the U.S. and a location in China, how could you use uh, your platform to provide a global solution for mental health in the workplace? First of all, uh, we have customers in 80 countries in the world. So we, we deal with the differences and cultures. Um, if I have to suggest uh, one way is, first of all, uh, Let's align with the mindset of the population we are training. An example I'm always using is doing training in India. India is uh, eager to have a lot of certification. I mean, uh, they want certification for every training to be recognized that they have done this kind of training which is not uh, uh, common, let's say, in Europe or common in the United States. So the secret is play local. Delegate to the local learning team the training activity. Do not pretend to train, to centralize the training, uh, let's say, in the United States and train Japan, China, Australia, and uh, Europe together from a single place. This is a risk because uh, the local team knows uh, the culture and the mindset of their learners. Right. That makes total sense. So here's one question. Uh, to, I mean, I hate to ask the question, but, uh, you know, in wellness in the workplace, well-being solutions, they always look at 
some companies focus on the ROI or value, uh, VOI. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to really track the success of a program uh, in the short term, but maybe you want to address that in a general sense. You know, what can an employer group, uh, no matter if they're in one country or multi multiple countries expect from your docebo if they use it for a mental health in the workplace program uh should they expect uh more uh dollars and cents return on investment or a more value return on investment yeah um i personally don't like the concept of roi of learning just because learning impacts the human brain and uh is a multivariable uh, outcome. So if you train a person, maybe one person is more productive, but another is more motivated, and another is a feel more safe with a better uh, well-being or mental wellness. So it's, uh, the, the challenge is that the training is holistic, and as of today, we don't have uh, a tool powerful enough to check all the variables uh, Uh, to measure the impact of learning. That's why I don't like to measure only one variable into the ROI. My guess is uh, having uh, um, in the future so many data that an AI can digest, which the AI will come up on what is the right ROI of learning, measuring everything uh, with an holistic approach. As of today, I don't think we have a way to assess seriously with a single variable the return of investment of learning. Well, that, I, I like that comment a lot. Uh, here's kind of a off the beat question, but if if you if you uh, could say one thing to any company uh, that was dealing with mental health in the workplace, what would you recommend they do? If 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 there was no limit on budget. Um, that, that they already had management buy-in, that the management would do whatever they, that employee recommended, uh, what would be the, the one first thing that you would recommend to most companies to oh, do? Yeah. Uh, I think what we did in the Chebo, so the first, I know Americans will hate me with this, but be more socialist with your employees means uh, give them, in the Chebo we bring to our United States office, uh, a five months and a half maternity paternity leave policy, which is uh, something I mean we found really important the relationship that uh, the father of the mother or the mother uh, have with uh, is a newborn during the first month of life that 's why we want them to stay together, so extend your maternity paternity leave policy is one um, The second is uh, try smart working. Uh, We did it uh, only on Friday. We allow people to work from home uh, and uh, to stay close to the family, to extend the weekend because they don't have to commute. Yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, You know, every company needs to, you know, personalize what works for their population and find ways that motivate their employees that don't really need to cost a lot of money. Um, I guess it, it could be cost. It could be seen as very costly. Uh, to a U.S. company to let their employees, both the the mom and the dad, stay home for five months because uh, I think the U.S. mentality is that you take a minimal maternity or paternity leave and then you have to get back to work. 
but then you're spending a lot of money on daycare and uh, you're not really uh, helping the employees mental health. You know, they're, they feel a little bit divided. They have to maybe uh, worry about their kids and then they, the financial strain of worrying about paying for daycare when they, when it probably just better. And they probably don't are not engaged at work because they're, worried about all those issues around their daycare and the cost and that so forth. So I agree. Uh, it takes, it takes, takes to be bold. You have to be bold. And there is another point. I mean, if you give five months of maternity leave or paternity leave, the employees is so grateful that will not leave the company. It's become loyal. So you're going to solve the churn and talent retention issue just because you, you are taking care of your people, which is super important. Yeah, I think the U.S. is very unique. I know my wife's from Canada, and they they dictate more uh, more paternity and maternity leave than the U.S. And so, U.S. companies that just have to adopt more socialistic policies, and and maybe uh, they're going to get you know tenfold return on investment. And don't worry about what the government imposes; they should impose their own rules that make their employees want to want to stay there and and work there for the for many years, hopefully. Is there anything else you'd like to add that, you know, is maybe some personal uh, personal focus or personal stories you want to share with us about why you're so engaged in mental health in the workplace or um, why the reason you started your company or both? Oh, you know, uh, I care about people just because uh, if tomorrow I will be hit by a truck, I hope not. Um, I want people think about me like an honest person that was loyal, take care of uh, his people, honest, and so on and so on. This is why I'm doing this. And the small suggestion I can give to some manager that need to manage people, I'm not a good people manager at all, but it's a find a common pattern in the company, which is something that all the employees have in common. And it's, you know, the kind of topic that tie all people together. For us, uh, I, I'm Italian, so for me it's easy uh, to find a common pattern to create a culture link. It's food, events about food. We create uh, what we call the lunch and learn, which is uh, every 15 days uh, we have uh, a, a free catering uh, in the office and then half of the lunch break is, uh, is done to eat and the second one is done to sharing we have guests that uh, uh, does their learn part into the lunch and learn so every company needs to find uh, a, an element which in Docebo is food but uh, in another company can be everything uh, that tie people together and you can create events around that initiatives around that and so on and so on well that sounds great I, I think you've built a great Great culture at Do- Docebo, and um, it sounds like you have a great uh, platform that can be used by employers worldwide to uh, improve the mental health in the workplace and probably do a lot more as well. Thanks again to my guest, Claudio Urba, founder and CEO of Docebo, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Inspiring Healthy Workplaces.